0: Worship, the key to worship is being present and engaging. You know, we could, I'll be honest, I've I've been here before where worship's been on, it's been amazing. I've been thinking about whether I've got milk at home. Hey, it's about just being present and engaging. It's nothing to do with my message anyway, that's for free. Okay. New Year 2023. New Year 2023. I remember, who remembers Prince's song 1999? I remember when that came out, thinking 1999 is so far away; it's in the future, you know. And then 1999 came, and it was just kept moving. Now 2023 is here, and what a what you know. When I think about the world we live in at the moment, it's ever changing. It's it's constantly moving. We we live in this world that is that is changing, but. You know, in forms of technology, technology has moved further in the last 20 years than it has in the last 100. It, 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 we have more video being pushed over the internet than all of the broadcast TV in the whole entire history. There's more going through, the more traffic. So the is out there. Social constructs are changing. Society's changing. You know, things are changing in this world, and this is why you need God. Because God is ever-present. He's constant. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Amen. So when you have an ever-constantly-changing world where views are changing and everything's changing, you need something solid to hold on to. You need a rock to be anchored to because God doesn't change. What God changes is how we move in this world and how we react in this world. You know, I heard a preacher one time come here, and he said, and this was about 20 years ago, and this stuck with me. He said, it's not so much what happens to you in life, because things will always happen to you in life. It's how you respond to what happens to you in life. And, I, you know, that's 20 years ago, man, and, I, and that stuck with me. It's all about my response. And I'll tell you why. Because when we get into hard circumstances, the circumstances can change our response. Or the response can change our circumstances. I'll explain that. Say the All Blacks are, 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 are playing Australia. And they'll, win, and they'll be attacking us and attacking us. And then they'll get ahead by a few minutes. You know, by sorry, a few points. And then they'll retreat. They'll change their game plan. They'll retreat and they'll stop attacking and they'll just try and defend that. It changes our response. Circumstances change our response, but our response changes circumstances. You look like you don't believe me. <clears throat> See, our response determines our outcome how I respond to everything that I face in this life is going to determine what path I go down and, and how, how, I, how I work that, navigate it, manage that. Whatever problem, it comes down to my response. And it's not about all the pressures around me. It's not all about the things going on around me. I've still got to make the same right decisions, even if the pressures are different. I've still got to keep preaching, even if baby's crying. Hey, you know what I mean? Hey. Baby's all right. Baby's all good yeah. Romans 12, two, Love the scripture. It says, Be not conformed to this world. Conformed. Man, I don't know about you, but I felt like the world was trying to squeeze me into a mold the last couple of years. And it was a shape that I didn't want to fit in. It was a space I didn't want to fill. It was things I didn't want to do, but, I was, but, but all of a sudden, if I didn't do it, I was a hater. I didn't care about my family. I, you know, I was shamed and blamed to be conformed to the world. Now, I'm not saying... What's right or wrong? What, I'm saying what's right for me. You know, and I can't be conformed to that world. I cannot be conformed to the world's way of thinking because the world's way of thinking will limit me. And the world's way of thinking does not factor in our spiritual component. So it's just all intellect. It's just all, all knowledge. Knowledge is nothing unless you apply it. Eh? You've got to have some wisdom. So, you know, for me, one of the biggest gifts God gave me was free will, was a conscious soul, was to be able to, for me to think freely, And to make a decision and choose. Deuteronomy 30, 19. God says, I've put before you blessing and curse, life and death, therefore you choose. It's funny that he has to say, therefore you choose. But man, I know heaps of people that are choosing death. Every day. I come into contact with people who are are in a lost and dying world. Drug addicted. Mental health. Homeless. You know, just living in those despairs. But they... You you could say, have they chosen that? Well, the choices have made them. The choices might have been hard, but the choices still are ours. And they still get us there. But God says after that, choose life. It's almost like He's giving you a hint. Choose the blessing. eh? Choose life. Think freely, though. See, we live in a Nike generation. I call them the Nike generation because it's just do it. If it's too hard to resist, just do it. If it's too hard to do, just give in. You know, no consequence, no thought about consequences. This is the problem, though. There are consequences to it. You know, and the, I'm coming back now to the 12.2, to the Romans 12.2, where it says, do not be conformed. So we go on there, don't be conformed by this world. Then God goes on, because God will never just tell you what to do. He'll tell you how to do it and why you do it. Okay? So he says, do not be conformed, but be transformed. Okay? And the next part, by the renewing of your mind. I want to go into transformed. I've transformed over the years. Yeah, when I first joined this church, man, I was like probably 75 kilo wet, um, fresh off a of drug addiction, fresh out of jail. And, but this, this, this place changed me, changed me even physically. You know, I put on half my body weight in like 12 months. Because I tell you what, the church knows how to eat. Church knows how to feed people, man. When I first came here, it was like, wow, everything's got food in it. I'm going to everything. But it says, Be transformed. You know, uh, Karen, Karen came up to me a couple of weeks ago. She had a vision up here of Jesus standing up here. Hey, hey Jesus was standing up here. And But then the buzzy part was she saw these butterflies, and they were all down the thing, and they come flying out. Is that right? Have I got that right? Yeah, and they all come flying out. Now, that's stuck in my head. That stuck in my head for a couple of weeks because, oh, that's, that's cool. But also, too, because I started looking into butterflies. Yeah, I collect them now. Um, <laughs> now nah, I, I started looking at butterflies. A butterfly's transformation. it starts off as an egg. Aye. starts off as an egg. Some of us have been eggs. Aye. So it starts off as an egg. And the egg, the egg is like um, birth. It's birth, okay? Then it turns into a larva or a caterpillar, okay? And that's when it's getting fed. And then it goes into a cocoon, and that's when it's going to transition. And when it comes out, it's the butterfly, and it's reproductive again, OK? I love that. I love that transformation. It's like us. We get born again. We're birthed. We come to know God. We come to know his goodness. Then we get fed. We read his word. And then what? Then there was meant to be a transition, a transformation. We have to, cha- you know, there has to be a change. I, I hear people all the time saying, God loves me how I am. He, and, I, and I look at them sometimes and because no one's perfect. And I say, yes, he loves you how you are. That's perfect. You know, he does. He loves you how you are but he loves you so much he doesn't want to leave you like that. Hey, let's be honest. I've still got work to do. Ask my wife. She, she's got a list. But you know what I mean? We've got to work on things. We've got to work on things. But anyway, so where's the transformation come from, the transitioning for us? It's once the word gets into us, there's a renewing of our mind. There's a renewing. I don't know about you, but I think differently now. Since i come to know Jesus Christ, I think differently. I'm on a whole other level. I'm talking to people, man, and they're just, they're just two-dimensional. i got all dimensions going with my spirit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, 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 I'm on. It gives me something new. It gives me something better to offer. Because when I was lost and dying, there was no good advice in the world. Tell you right now, there was none. I went through all sorts trying to get off drugs. All sorts. And God is good. All the time, God is good. So good. But yeah, so it's a renewing of your mind. See, when you think different, you see different, your whole perspective changes. And when you think different and you, 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 you know, and you see different, you start to speak different. Then you start to act different. Then you get different results. Then something starts to happen. You know, when you love God, your response is different. That's one thing I've noticed. My resp- sometimes, my, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pretend I'm perfect, sometimes my automatic response is like... Ugh. Bad. but I get pulled up on it, you know, even if I do think like that sometimes. But in my response, you may not like it, but our response is love that's 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 the key to it, the, you know. And sometimes, hey, let's be honest, sometimes you might not feel like loving, you know, you might not feel, but you know, we've got to look at what outcome we want, you know, and it's 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 you know, our response is going to determine their response, and it almost sort of just perpetuates, hey. Eh? So, anyway, Romans 12. 16 to 18. Oh, have I got that one? No, I don't think I have that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it out because I don't want to paraphrase it and get it wrong. Oh, is it up there? No. Sorry guys. Um this was one I threw in last minute. Working on a deadline. Um, okay. Here we go. So Thank you for your patience. Not like you can do much anyway. Okay, so it says here, live in harmony with each other. Eh? Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Oh, no, that's not right. Yeah, hit this one here. Never pay back evil with more evil. Okay? Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Okay? So what that's saying is don't let other people's actions determine your, your response. Hey, Even if you can go to everyone and go, you know what, they did this and they did this and I'm well within my rights to be like this and go like that, even if everyone agrees, it may not be the right thing to do. You know, we've got to worry about our integrity and our honour, you know. At the end of the day, it's easy to get pulled into fights. Man, you, could just, you just jump on any, any website, go on any comment place and you can get an argument with anyone. Hey, you know, so, yeah. So, so what I'm trying to say there is don't let, don't let other people determine your integrity. Uh, we we st- regardless of what they're doing, and don't be envious either of people that seem like they're doing well, and you're like, why are they getting away with all this? Why are they? Psalm 37 says, "Do not envy the wicked, for the due time they will be cut down like withered grass." That's one I quite like. I had a couple of people I prayed that over. No, just joking. Look, um, and just about, But did you notice that? bit in Romans 12: 16-18, it said, "To the best of your ability." Live peacefully amongst all men to the best of your ability. You know, sometimes, man, we have to make a moral stand and push back. There's times where we can't just stay neutral and we have to have a say. I'm going to balance it too. Proverbs 18, 16 says, A fool's lips uh, speak contentious words and call for blows. Man, that's God saying that. So, you know, we've got to be real careful about what we say, what we speak. But more importantly, how we say it. You know, you think about it. It's it's more about how you say it. And how you say it comes from your motivation. How you say it is your reason why you're saying it. Okay? So 1 Corinthians 13, it says about love. Okay? Now, it says in the scripture here that love is the greatest gift of all. It's the greatest gift of all. Out of everything, love is the greatest. But it says that if you speak in the wrong way, you can sound like a clanging cymbal. See, look at this. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, man, all the languages of earth and angels, but didn't love others, it would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all the knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. We we can't fulfill God's plan for our lives without love. And sometimes we're not going to feel like it. You know, but the thing about it is, I, 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 this is one thing I do. I choose my words very wisely when I'm when I'm talking with someone because there's some people that don't want your opinion and don't want to know. They just want to be right, you know. And we end up getting pulled into this big debate and this big quarrel over what God's God, whether whether someone says to me he not real or not. God's God. So sometimes we waste energy, you know, and and really what we're doing is we're just we're just getting discouraged, you know? So, so just be, yeah, just be careful around that. I want to give you a little story. Yeah, I want to give you a little story. I remember years ago I was uh, here, I think it was early 2000s and we were running a youth group, had lots of young fellas coming and there were quite a few um, little likeable rogues, we'll call them, <laughs> hey? Is that what, right? Just explain the way, likeable rogues. And they used to come along, but they'd be in trouble and the police even used to, send people down here, they used to ring us, I don't know if you know this, but they used to ring us and say, hey, there's a guy that's in a bit of trouble, can he come down to youth group, and so we get him down there, so, so what started happening was we had a few people here that were, you know, rough edges and stuff, and um, one of them got in a fight and, uh, during the week, and then the next day he rang me, him and another young fellow from this church rang me and said, uh, oh hey, can, um, can you come and see us, and I said, oh yeah, what's, what's going on, it was during the day, You know, during the week, and I was like, oh, and they said, oh, um, such and such, I won't say his name, not here anymore. Um, He said, oh, uh, got in a fight. got in a fight, and I said, oh, okay, is he all right? Yeah, everyone's all right, there's a bit of a dust up, bit of a punch up. This young fella's prospecting for a gang, and the gang's turned up to his workplace, okay? And it was in a retail shop in Coastland, so you can imagine. So all these gang members are in there, and he rings me, but this young fella goes to me, yeah, can you, because Pastor Matt wasn't in the church then, so he's, this fella's going oh yeah, ring your brother up, ring your mates up, all from the hut, bring everyone over and and basically go to war, hey, basically let's go and I said to him, mate, if if you want my help, if you want my help then I'm going to help the world, that's not how I'm doing it, if you want to do that, go for it, I'm not starting a war over some young fella getting in a fight, so I said to him, look, where are these young guys? And they said oh, they've just left, but I've heard that they're down at McLean Street Park so I said, "Okay, then let's let's go down there. Let's go down there and see them." These two young fellas didn't want to, and I said, "Look, I think it'd be good if you did come." They said, "No, no." So I go down there. I turn up there in my minivan <laughs> with about four car seats because we've got five kids all in the background. Hey, you know, looking like looking like something out of a, a sitcom. And um, I jump out. I jump out this this the minivan and I walk across the park and I see these guys, and they're all there. And I could tell it was them, you know, because th- you know, they stood out from all the other families that were there. And um and I walked over, as I walked over, one of them turned around and he had this blood. He just had blood like covering the whole half of his face, and they were sculling out of this 40 ounce like straight spirit just passing all around. So they're pretty drunk. And I walked over there and as I walked over, um one of them they're, they're looking at me like this, you know, and hey, they're, they're doing their. And so I just thought I, I look for the oldest guy there, because these guys were all like 16, 17, 18, but there was one old guy there, when I say old, he was probably in his 30s, um, <laughs> I've got a daughter that's 30, um, but yeah, 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 it, he, he, was, he, he was the oldest guy, we'll just say he was the oldest guy, so I went straight to him, you know, like, and I, you know, like the old prison one, going and knock him out, nah, I went straight up to him and said, um, hey bro, how's it going, and he was quite shocked. You know that, a, that a, some strange civilian just walks in the middle of their group? And uh, he said, oh, I'm, I'm all right. Why is that? And I said, oh, I just want to have a chat with you. And he goes, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, just about this young fellow that had a fight. Now, these other young guys heard, and their ears start perking up, so they all start having their two cents worth. Anyway, I start saying to them, um, in, the, in, in the end, I just said to them, look, bro, this seems pretty silly. You know, your mate started it. He got a clip you know copper's lumps and you know let's move on I said because what do we have to do here I said because this young fella he's with me and I don't want you know he's he's feeling unsafe what do we have to do to make this right you know and he sat there and he looked at me and he goes bro you've already made it right and I was like oh what's it and he goes bro no one comes and talks to us no one comes and sees us you know I'm sitting there going well I don't blame them <laughs> you know Seriously, I don't blame him. But, but he was, you know, that's what he said. And he said, no, nah, no, nah, bro, you tell your bro he's all good. You know, told this young fella, hey, leave it out. Done. Done. Now, the thing about it is, that response resolved that so easily. without having. Young guys want to grab, grab, hey, they just want to jump on the wagon and, 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 and shoot up the town and, and go wow. But the thing was, not only did it resolve the situation, but it impacted the situation. You know, from then on, I'd see him quite a bit out on the street when I was doing drug arm, and, you know, I'd go out and that. And, hit, and, and so it impacted him. even impacted my brother, because my brother was blown away that I didn't want to, you know, go down that path. So it was, an, again, witnessing my response, witnessing to my family as well. We're almost done, guys. No, nah, I'm getting bored. No, <laughs> nah, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> but if I yawn, hey, it's just, it's by accident. Nah, don't worry guys, don't worry, it's, 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 it's going to be all good from here. 1 Corinthians thirty eight, love never fails, love never fails, we can, I can fail. You know, there's been times where I should have responded in love and I didn't, you know. Just last week I had an argument with someone and it was, when I look back on it, I had to go back and apologise because it was the way I approached it. It wasn't what I said, it was how I said it. You know, it was inflammatory, and, and, you know, when I look back on it, I don't know what reaction I expected, other than a bad one, you know what I mean? So, anyway, love is a fruit, okay, love is a fruit, and it's growing, okay, but if you know anything about fruit, it's growing in the heat and the dry, and the cold and the rain, you know, it needs everything, so, so what I'm trying to say there is that, you know, love for God can't be outcome-based, love is not all hugs and kisses, True love. True love. If you truly love someone, you'll correct them. You'll challenge them. You'll, decide, you'll discipline them. And if they truly love you, they'll receive it. True love corrects, man. No one wants to know about that. I'll tell you what the hardest yards I've ever done with my kids is, is, is those hard yards. All the hugs and kisses and yeses and money and gifts and trips. Pff, easy. Easy. But the hard stuff where I've had to actually rock our relationship and challenge it, the fabric of our family, you know? Like, that's the thing for me. And that's, that was love that I experienced. I had people that that loved me so much, they challenged me, man, when I was out of order. I was out of order for a long time. I don't know how my family put up with it, if I'm honest. But for 10 years, they put up with that. But there were certain people in my family, yes, Cheyenne, your dad, that would challenge me every opportunity he got. And I used to hate it. But now when I look back, that was really love. That was true love. Because a lot of my good friends didn't want to go that far, you know, and didn't want to do the hard stuff. So true love is not all hugs and kisses. I learned that one time when I was a young fellow. I was 10 years old, and I just got my pocket money. And um, mum, my mum used to play poker when we were young. And um, so my auntie Julie was down. My auntie Julie from Gisborne was down, and they were all playing poker. And I, I begged, can I please play poker? Can I please I've got my pocket money, can I please? In the end, my auntie goes, Yep, yeah, okay, boy, let the boy play. So I jump in there and I think I'm the man. You know, I'm only like 10 and I'm raising and I'm hey, you know and I'm calling and I'm doing all that, and then bang, I go bust. Lost all my pocket money. Lost all my pocket money. Burst into tears. Hey, burst into tears. Because I lost my pocket money playing poker and then I went along, I was like, you know, looking behind, you know, his auntie looking, his mum looking. I'm trying to guilt them. And I'll never forget, my auntie turned around and she goes, oh, boy, did you lose all your pocket money? And I went, yeah, auntie, <laughs> yeah, you know. And she's like, oh, did you want us, should we, do you want it back? Do you want to give it back? Stop crying straight away. Yes, please, yes, please. She goes, well, no. <laughs> she goes, don't gamble what you can't, what you're not prepared to lose. And that was it. And i tell you what, good lesson. Way better lesson than if I've given me the money back. You know, you know I think the problem a, these days is that, you know, we are, what's it? it's a really entitled generation that's been risen, and, and you know, I could even put my hand up as being part of that, because we spoiled our kids, because we didn't have anything when we were young. We didn't have anything, so we thought, oh man, our kids aren't going to be poor, we're going to give them everything, and you know, but there's a balance and you end up spoiling them and they don't understand that the world is real and it can be hard. And that, hey, when you lose your money, the world doesn't give it back. I eh? so yeah. So thank you, Auntie Julie. Um, but you just, just, I'm just going to finish off now. You know, love's been distorted by the world. It really has. Love has been distorted by the world, man. You know, th- the world's love is really false. It's quite manipulative. It's conditional. Um, there's all these motivations and reasons why people are doing things, and it might seem on 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 the face of it that they're doing it for good reasons, but you just don't know. You know? I mean, we live in a world now where if you don't accept everything and tolerate everything, then you're a hater. You know, this is the world that we're living in at the moment. I don't want to accept some things. I don't want to tolerate some things. I'm not going to go out of my way to cause a fuss and that, but I'm not going to... Um, just freely go along, blindly go along with everything. I'm going to be thinking freely and making decisions for me because I can tell you right now, God will give you revelation above all information. Any time you are faced with any challenge and all the information comes, look for the revelation in the middle of it because the information is going to confuse you and spin your head. Yeah. Anyway. The life of Jesus is a love story. The whole life of Jesus is a love story. I could do a whole message on that. But just briefly, you know, think about, think about it. Think about it. Mary went away. Mary went away. Comes back three months later pregnant. And Joseph honors her, knows that she's a good woman. He's from God. You know, that in itself is a love story. That's an amazing love story. Jesus came on the cross and died. What? Out of love. For God so, sent, uh, for God so loved the world, he sent his only son. You know, let's sit on that one. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. What's our response to that? What's our response to that? Man, Romans 8, 38-39, nothing separates us from the love of God. What's our excuse? You you know what I mean? like. And the problem is that the world only hears the world. The world is not hearing the truth of the word of God. hasn't got the spirit of God. It's got the spirit of the world. And that's why God's going to give us revelations way before the world, way before the world. So anyway, Romans two four. I'm going to finish on this one. Oh no, I'm not. I got one more. Sorry, Romans two four. It's, it's it's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that draws. Hey, it's like the preacher that closes three times. Hey. So in closing, uh, I just like to, hey, I've I've been to a few of them. Um, Romans two four says it's the goodness of God that draws men. It's not the intelligence of man. It's not the, the, the art of debate. It's not the opinion of man. It's the goodness of God that draws man to redemption. So don't let God's goodness be blinded by the evil in this world. God's still shining. God's still winning. God's still doing what he's doing. He's still on the move. Thing is, we've got to see it. We've got to change our perspective. You know One thing. The last two years, I've almost been like this. What next? Who's been in that camp? Oh, what next? I'm not doing that this year. I'm not doing this year because that what next is gone. Man, this is the year, for me anyway, my, the year of the brown. This is the year of the brown. You, you can jump on board, but, but this is the way I see it, man. This is how I'm seeing it, you know, because my perspective is different at the moment. So, yeah, and the last one, you know, that's the goodness of God man, that's for the unsaved, but for the saved even. Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary of doing good. Do not grow weary of doing good. Man, when I first read that scripture, I was like, how could you grow weary of doing good? And then I grew weary. <laughs> you know, it can, be, hey, it can be hard doing the right thing sometimes. But don't grow weary. Plant your back foot. Know that God's got a spirit ready to move this year. And, and he is for us. And he is revealing himself. Because the darker the world gets, the, the more God will be revealed. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I just thank you for today. I thank you for your word, Lord God, your word that, that never returns void, Lord God. Your word always goes out, Lord God, on its assignment, Lord. And so I thank you right now that every single person here has got one, one word, one scripture, one thing from here, Lord God, that they can just fit into their lives, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for your blessing. I thank you, Father God, Lord, that you, Lord God, have got awesome plans For every single person, Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the love of God. I thank you for the peace of God, and I thank you for your goodness that rests on us. In Jesus' name, amen.